Hello and welcome to an all new Marvel cast, Explosion Network's hub of all things Marvel. Place to talk about everything MCU and beyond, from Avengers and Defenders to Dr. Druid and Triathlon. My name is Ashley Hopley, joining me today, Ultimate Kira Marchant. I have strings, blah, 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 blah. I can't remember that. Hi, everyone. Also joining us, Astonishing Neil Blight. I think at some stage you're making up these Marvel characters and it's going to be a game of us trying to figure out when you're making them up or not because those did not sound real. No. Nope. I'm someone who likes Kite Man. No. Those, those are actual... <laughs> pre- Wait, wrong comic. Oh, sorry. Those are what actual previous Avengers. They're on the Avengers team. No. So what went from 1930? No. Which version was like this like a storyline where like okay the the A team's gone, the B team's gone. They're all the way down in like the F team or the G team for the Avengers. Like it's like really kind of yeah. scraping the bottom of the barrel here. Marvel. He's now googling the the the, yeah, the tri- facts for the characters he just made. Uh, Triathlon first appeared in Avengers Volume 3, number 8, September 1998. So is he good at running, sw- like swimming and like using bikes? Uh, or? His abilities, superhuman strength, speed, durability, senses, healing and endurance, enhanced sight, enhanced hearing and smell, seeing true forms, detecting scrolls, illusions, possessions. What a weird name when he has all of those powers. He then became, he got renamed... 3D man. Man, I wouldn't be able to see him because I can't see him 3D. True story. So this week <laughs> on this MCU rewatch, we're talking about Avengers Age of Ultron. I was designed to save the world. People who look to the sky and see hope. I'll take that from them first. There's only one path to peace. Their extinction. Try to create a suit of armor around the world. But I created something terrible. Artificial intelligence. It's called the Ultron Program. I'm sick of watching people pay for our mistakes. Isn't why we fight so we can end the fight and go home? Well, you amazingly failed. Released 2015, directed by Joss Whedon, screenplay by Joss Whedon, based on the Avengers by Stanley and Jack Kirby, starring... Robert Downey Jr., Chris Hemsworth, Mark Ruffalo, Chris Evans, Scarlett Johansson, Jeremy Renner, Don Cheadle, Aaron Taylor-Johnson, Elizabeth Olsen, Paul Bettany, Kobe Smulders, Anthony Mackie, Haley Atwell, Idris Elba, Stellan Skarsgård, James Spader, Andy Serkis, Linda Cardellini, and Samuel L. Jackson. Tony Stark builds an artificial intelligence system named Ultron with the help of Bruce Banner when the sentient Ultron makes plans to wipe out the human race. The Avengers set out to stop him. Uh... So, quick disclaimer, obviously, this episode is coming out after the first episode of WandaVision. We're recording this before the first episode of WandaVision, so we won't be talking about WandaVision or the relevance of the two main characters in that title's introduction in this, but mm. yeah, mm. just for clarity. clarity. But yes, Dylan, what do you think of Avengers Age of Ultron? 
I'm sure, um, sure you're a huge fan based on the previous episodes we've talked about. I think this movie... I know... I'm, well, look, look let, me, let, me, let me boil it down this way. I remember walking out of the movie theater and turned to my, to my friend and saying, that was a mess. And he said, I kind of liked it. And that's how it's been throughout my life, trying to talk <laughs> about this movie. I've always thought it was a mess. I've never particularly liked this this Avengers movie. Um, and the people who stuck up for it were like, oh, but it had like the big action scenes. The, the end of this movie is literally my worst fucking nightmare. So <laughs> it's, it's literally everything I don't want, which is just actual robots thousands hundreds of robots that all look the same and then they're just smashing them like it's worse than the first avengers where like at least i presume all of the jatari all had families <laughs> or something so these <laughs> these are literally <laughs> all these children and female jatari like mourning yeah in another least, universe these are literally just mindless robots just being smashed uh and it's my, my worst nightmare um other than that I there's some interesting stuff in this movie. I guess like when it comes like, f- from the core concept of Tony Tony wanting to start the Ultron program. I know previously Kieran hinted they he didn't particularly think it it made sense after Iron Man three. Um, I, I think it makes sense because I just take it as like he's got past I guess the PTSD element of like you know that, but he's still ultra scared of the inevitability of what's coming. And at the start of this movie, it's that vision that Wanda gives him that is the catalyst of, like, pushing him over the edge to wanting to fully go for it. Maybe if he never had that moment, he wouldn't have never pushed to use the staff and the the Mind Stone to create Ultron. And, uh, like, that's sort of catalyst. I think there's some interesting ideas uh, there. The, the uh, The Bruce slash... Natasha relationship I don't hate I never particularly hated that idea because I was like sure why not like there's no reason they can't be you know be really romant- cool romantic if, options if, I guess <laughs> if that like thread had like appeared in any other movies after this point yeah well they yeah well, that's the thing they, they, never- they had that one awkward moment that was it yeah they <laughs> do they have that one awkward moment in whatever the infinity war infinity war yeah whatever um but, but I mean in, co- in concept within this movie I'm like sure that's a interesting play like she's like i'm someone who can never love anyone it's it's kind of like uh beauty and the beast i guess like it's that sort of romance and it's i had forgotten how far they went with the relationship in this one movie like i had always remembered it as they were always dancing around the fact that they were into each other not to the full-blown point where black widow's like i adore you it's like oh fuck okay this is like they're actually properly going with this, and then this plot thread just gets scrapped. There's a degree of the Hulk stuck over the body for the rest of his life, for the next five years. Yeah. Mm. Well, he disappears. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he disappears. But then there's no mention of it when he comes back. Well, other than the awkward moment, there's awkward no. Moment. Well, I guess there's not really a time because he comes back and they're like, "Well, is there, I don't it's know when they had time to discuss it." Like Black Widow movie. <laughs> yeah, maybe I don't know. Um, other than that, <laughs> I'd say the other standout of this movie is. Um, Elizabeth Olsen plus Aaron Taylor Johnson as the the twins like they are both really good in their parts obviously Elizabeth, Elizabeth Olsen goes on to to start like a big role out of Wanda like it's like she really owns that role so she's really great in that role uh she loses the the accent but that's fine whatever 
that happens in these Marvel movies. Sometimes the characters are like, oh, we got accents, and then they didn't have accents. Uh, <laughs> Stay in America. <laughs> Is there a New Yorker? Or? <laughs> oh, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but the twins are both great. And then I guess I was thinking for this, but like Paul Bettany kind of getting his comeuppance in this movie, like up until this Comeuppance? This role. It sounds like he got like a bad he got, like, No, no, no. What like he, he got his... Yeah, he, got got he, he, he got what he deserved after, like, and by that I mean, like, he, he'd been doing a good role as playing the, the robotic voice of Jarvis, obviously, but, it, like, all the movies he did, like, real move, movies up until this, he was doing a lot of shitty movies. Like, I watched that fucking Legion Angel thing or whatever the hell it's called. Like, I got made to watch that twice because one of my friends loved that for some reason, and it's a, it's a terrible, disgusting movie. Uh, but after this, th- like, the Jarvis is such a breakout role for him from this movie going forward that... You know, without this, you wouldn't have had him in Solo and all these sorts of things. So this is kind of his breakout mm-hmm. role as well. Um, yeah, I guess that's the, the, there's my couple negatives and plus. But o- overall, I, I, I think it's a very messy movie. Like, I just think it's very messy. <laughs> Karen, what do you think of Avengers Age of Ultron? Um, I thought... <sighs> It was okay. Like, I think I liked it a lot more. I think I've only ever watched this movie maybe twice, and one of them was my initial watching in theaters. Um, I, once again, I feel like I say this a lot in these kind of recaps, is that I forgot a big portion of this movie in the middle bit. You do like, say that a lot. Just like, to I clarify. do. Yeah, I was just double-checking. I feel like I say it a heap. Where, like, just, like, Thor running off to go have his vision quest and stuff, I just blank out, because it feels like they spend... It feels like when they were writing this movie, or set this movie up, they're like they were kind of like, even though they've done it, they've done such a good job in like most of the aspects of this, where they're like, oh shit, we haven't really started to explain what the Infinity Stones are yet. Hmm, guess we need a section in this movie where we explain what the Infinity Stones are, which I feel like there are better ways to do that. Like they could have done that in Thor two, like they could have done that in Dark Worlds while they were dealing with the Ether and stuff, just being like, this is part of the Infinity Stones, blah, 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 like that. And I think it would have fit the purpose more, watching Thor, rather than having it be like a mainline kind of but It also sets up that, uh, it also sets up Ragnarok. Kind of. But, kind of. Like, it teases but you could set up you could set up Ragnarok without having the Infinity Stone stuff within it. Well, yeah, I I always thought that scene that that whole Thor scene going to the bar the bath and whatever that is the most just straight up like n- this serves nothing other than yeah input and to tease other stuff or whatever yeah and I remember my first watch watch being like wow they did such a good job of like making me think that Hawkeye was gonna die and then like twist it around and then have Quicksilver die this time I'm like fuck they're so heavy handed with being like hey. Hawkeye's gonna die, guys. Hey, he's got a, he's got a family. Hey, he's saying all this nice thing about everything else. Oh, his wife's worried about him. He's gonna die. You're like, oh, oh, yeah, well, Kieran, you yeah. didn't see it coming. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wait, was that was that the count from Sesame Street? That's exactly what. He, that's exactly what Aaron Tom- <laughs> Taylor Johnson was going for, right? <laughs> okay, Transylvania. All right, interesting, interesting. Um, but <laughs> it was it was okay. I actually I like the premise of Ultron. I like his character. Um, I actually think he's from in terms of villains, he's actually pretty good in terms of Marvel villains. Um, and I can, I do say I can see Tony understand Tony's perspective a lot more this where you watch going through and kind of thinking a bit more in depth about what he's going for. He just kind of realizes that in the later um, between this and Civil War, it's like, man, okay, what is the main problem of these movies? 
Tony's being heavy-handed with how he feels about something. Boom. Done. Are we good? Um, which is, I guess, an interesting thing that keeps popping up throughout these movies. Yeah, it's become crystal clear that Tony is not very good at getting his ideas across to other people. You know? <laughs> he, he, he decides the best course of action is to go behind everybody's back. You know? Uh, to create Ultron. I mean... I, I enjoy the... F- I thought it was fine, the film. Uh, but it is kind of forgettable. Like, I watched it, the film, like... Four or five days ago, something like that now. I can barely remember what happened, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, even though there's like, like even while watching the movie, I was like, man, that like towards the end, I was like, man, for once they haven't really had a moment with Iron Man being like, hey, look at Iron Man's new suit. And I'm like, oh wait, there was the whole Hulk Buster section like an hour ago, right? Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> All right. This whole whole new the uh, that was a nice touch calling of Veronica, seeing as his. Mm-hmm. His partner's Betty, so... Uh, yeah. Get it? It's a Riverdale reference. Well, Archie Comics reference, I guess, is probably... <laughs> <laughs> more more universal. Uh, yeah, I thought the twins were pretty good. Uh, their motivations are kind of all over the place, but... Uh, I really enjoyed Ultron. I think James Spader was the perfect person to get to voice Ultron. Uh, you know, even though you're making fun of the no-strings-on-me thing, I thought it was very effective uh, when he said... It's very, it. yeah, it's good. You know, and you might you say they might be they're setting up Thor a lot. The movie that they were really setting up in this is Black Panther. Talking about Wakanda and vibranium also, so much. It was the th- that's the thing, right? They have multiple sections where it's like, okay, this this cube here, this little square here is going to be we're setting up Black Panther, and then we're moving on to we're setting up the Infinity Stones for later on a little bit more. It very much feels like this wasn't a movie for itself. It was a movie for it was a other things down the line. I would say that the Wakanda stuff feels more natural than yes. the Thor sequence, though. Yes. Like, it makes sense for them to need the vibranium, like, within the story and within the Marvel Universe, you know, vibranium being the, the strongest metal. Like, it, 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 that all makes sense. Uh, you could be like, oh, but why did it have to be, um, bloody, what's his face? Uh, Andy Serkis, cool. Yeah, Andy Serkis's character just to tie it in for the, the movie. I'm like, well, at the time we didn't know he was going to yeah, no be in Black Panther, I guess. Like, you know, so uh, I think all of that's a, like, Marvel gets better at doing these, you know, connections that make sense. I think, I think that's one that actually makes sense mm-hmm. in this game of things. I also think uh, anybody who doesn't like Andy Serkis in this movie or as Claw should shut up because I think he's great. And he's yacked as fuck considering that Andy Serkis is generally a uh, rather skinny Fucked up, he gets his arm ripped off. I think the only point of contention people had was the fact he was doing an Afrikaans accent as a... he's He's not an Afrikaans person. I think that was the one complaint that I've seen people make that I'm like... Is it wrong Why? for people to do other accents now? I mean, it's not. I mean, it's it's a pay. It's, it's a debate. Matt Damon's going to be in trouble. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Elysium <laughs> or whatever. Playing fucking. a South African. Yeah, yeah. I, that's the one point I've seen people bring up where I'm like, I, I don't know how I feel about that, but other than that, whatever. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's move into building MCU. Uh, starting off with Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda Maximoff, Scarlet Witch. She debuted in X-Men number four, March 1964, created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. Uh, I thought she was really good, except they don't really explain what her powers are. And they, I mean, I guess they never do, kind of. <laughs> I don't think they, 
I don't think they even know what her powers are. Because she just throughout makes the rest weird. of does, but the thing is, throughout the rest of the, like the movies where she's included so far, when does she fuck with anybody's mind ever again? Yeah, never. Like, Could have uh, saved like, just all the effort and done that to Thanos. Yeah, yeah. Like that's just the thing where it's like, I mean, she does. It? She hypnotizes him, right? No, no, no. Am I forgetting I don't that think movie. So. No, no. She's she's not there. No, that's not. You're thinking of Mantis, Mantis does yep. that. Uh, Mantis okay. does that in that movie where she's like. It's been a while. Is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we'll yeah, get there. <laughs> also, I didn't realize how scale of like quote unquote evil she was. Where like in the start bit, where she messes with Tony and then's like, that's fine. We just leave him. He's gonna destroy everything for a forest. It's great. Like I was like, oh, I can't remember you being this kind of chaotic neutral. I, but see, sure. I mean, it's okay, neutral. It's straight up bad. They, they they want revenge against Tony Stark, and all of their reasons make sense. And I get. One, I think so. As great as they are, I do think one of the bad things about this movie is that it rushes them from bad to good within one movie. When you could have got a lot more out of both those characters and their character arc of redemption over yeah. your redemption that could have been stretched out over at least two movies. I think would have made sense, but especially for I forgot that they had such a big issue with Stark, like. Yeah. I even would have expected in the writing of Civil War for Wanda to have more of a sticking point towards Stark throughout that movie, but she doesn't, so it's like... It's super fucked up, really, when you think about it. They're like, oh, these bombs were... We laid down under a bed or whatever, and a bomb landed next to them and had Stark written on it, and they just laid there for days waiting for it to go off, but the bomb never went off. Like, when you think about it, that is mm-hmm. capital F fucked up. <laughs> just waiting for a bomb to go off and it never goes off. Like uh, being like knowing that your life's probably going to end at any moment, so it's like super dark. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, Magneto's so uh, daughter, right? I mean, that's other thing. In the in the so comics, well, uh, but, you know. she should be. They both should be. But you know, but, you know I, was always I guess technically Magneto died in like a. a no, that's explosion. the. That's one of the funniest things at the moment because obviously when they did that, I was like, sure, I don't get. Like I remember lots of people getting all angry, like, oh, they fucking. They can't. They're ruining the twins because they they don't have the X Men. And I was like, they're never going to get the X Men license back. Just do what they do, whatever you can. Like I have no problem with this. But, but now, of course, now that they have X Men back, like the, the potential's there. I mean, I just I don't think they're going to revert the characters or something ridiculous. But it just leads to some interesting. They questions. could do it in Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange could be a uh... yeah, and she's part of Doctor Strange, the multiverse. So. Yeah, anything's that possible. Could be a I guess. Thing. Um. I guess we can quickly touch on Aaron Taylor Johnson's Quicksilver, who debuted in the same thing. Um, how do we feel about him dying so quick? You know, we we never saw it coming. <laughs> I mean, they you know kill what? they kill him solely because of Quicksilver and X Men movies, right? That's yeah, what so, I've always believed. They were both on the, the, the both same movies time. being released about the same time. Yeah, um, and everybody thought it was kind of weird. I guess you know what the credit to him, he stayed dead. For now. Like, for One now. One of only so people, far, yeah. So far, he is a, a superhero character that has stayed dead. Hmm. So, good on him. I will say, I wouldn't be surprised if he pops up in WandaVision. Like, in some form or fashion. That I'll be, be surprised if they got him to come back. Because he's a... I mean, Aaron Taylor Johnson is, isn't like... I, he's not really someone who I could picture yeah. like, coming back 
he's not like in love with these comic book movies. And I know at the time he took a lot of talking into to even do this one movie. And I think the only reason he ever agreed to do it was probably because he got told his character was going to die at the end of this one. He was like, okay, so it's a one and done. Sure. So I'll be surprised, but I, I don't I would, know. It'd be kind of cool. Wonder Vision cool. obviously looks interesting. And, you know, if they throw a sack of money at him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, anything's possible. <laughs> All right. Uh, then next up, we've got Paul Bettany as Vision. Vision debuted in Avengers 57, October 1968, created by Roy Thomas Stanley and John Puscemi of Ashima. Uh Really interesting, obviously. Don't really get much of an idea of his power set. They just, they don't really explain it. It just happens, you know? His ability to phase through shit and, you know, the beams and... You know, it's really, I, I enjoy him, you know. He looks at the way, says he's a cape, and he's like, I need a cape. Let's Step not forget dress. the fact that he picks up Mew Mew, just hands Fuck it to you. Thor, and Thor goes, looks at everyone and says, don't anyone say a fucking word. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, you I see it in his eyes of him just like thinking like, don't anyone I, say I a word. <laughs> Vision's Vision's cool with the fact of the like his the the dialogue he's saying at the time is that I don't know there's no way for me to prove to you that I am a good person or yeah. that I'm whatever blah 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 while like mid just kind of nonchalantly handing the hammer over it's like <laughs> funny. I mean, that like, moment is okay. well built with yes. obviously the yeah. the everybody I, trying to pick up the hammer scene. earlier yeah. and of course Captain America slightly moving it hinting actually Thor. Thor's good in this movie. Like, other than him having to go off in, like, his own, like, the spirit quest stuff, I actually really like Thor in this movie. This is his kind of trend towards being, like... Humorous. We should just make... Yeah, humorous and funny. That look he gives Cap when he slightly moves it. <laughs> and he, like, when he when Cap gives up and he, like, looks up and he gives, like, the biggest smile. He's like, ah! <laughs> but there's, like, a, a second of dread on his yeah, face. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah it's pretty great. Uh, but, yeah. One of the... That was a great moment, you know, Vision... Yeah, Vision's great in this. I uh, I think Paul Bentley does a great job. This I I think Vision's great in all of the the, the movies. Like and and his his role throughout the MCU from this point on is I think always used well. And like um, the way they use that character, and obviously most people, if you knew anything about the MCU, you knew that eventually he was going to have to he was going to die eventually because he has the the freaking Mind Stone in his head. So that was kind of inevitable for anyone who was playing at home. But uh. um, I'll. Yeah, inevitable. I like the way they. Yeah, it's inevitable. I like the way they use him, and he does a he does a great job. And I'm really looking forward to. Obviously, as you said, Wonder Wonder Vision's already out. First episode's out, so I'm hoping it's really good, especially because we get to see him. It's weird because he, he's going to be playing Vision, but he's also playing Vision like doing other weird like things per episode because because every episode's got a different theme or whatever. So I don't know it's going to be really interesting it's to watch interesting, that show. Yeah. All right, next up we got the before-mentioned Andy Serkis as Ulysses Claw. Uh, debuted in Fantastic Four number 53, August 1966, created by Stanley and Jack Kirby. Uh, is he a Fantastic Four villain? Initially, yeah. Okay. There you, go. you know, he, he, I think it, 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 this version of him is a very big departure uh, from what I've read. Apparently, so. he gets like a massive transformation and turns into like this yellow creature. In the actual comics, sure. so he's kind of nothing like this. Oh, I've only ever known him as the like the Black Panther villain. Really, I've never really not That's weird. Yeah. So, 
yeah, I really enjoy Andy Circus in this. Uh, you know, it's a nice setup to what he does in Black Panther, obviously getting his arm ripped off by Ultron, and you know, that moment is super fucked up. Like, yeah, this is the way Ultron's like, oh, sorry, I, 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 uh, <laughs> I didn't mean to. <laughs> yeah. like, this is so, I didn't it's so feel these emotions I, before. Yeah, I really appreciated that turn in Ultron where it's like where he where he points out that. Tony Stark used to say that, and Ultron's just shift in just trying to kind of make himself seem different to Tony and make sure that he is different. Well, it's also like his whole thing is like, oh, he watches all this human history. He's like, oh, humans and their emotions, so I need to kill them all because they've got too many emotions and they just cause all these wars and things. And then in that moment, he actually has emotions that cause him to rip someone's arm off. So it's kind of poetic, really. It It shows that he wants to pretend he's this above everything else but nope yep uh then we get linda cardellini portraying laura barton a character created for the mcu uh of course playing hawkeye's wife um you know that that the first time i saw that obviously that was a surprise obviously that he had a family i thought they hit it reasonably well uh obviously they were teasing you about not having a girlfriend before like previously in the film but then for them to, to have a farm like it was pretty surprising and obviously an interesting direction to go for clint who in the comics is very much a bachelor uh yeah but i thought linda carnalini was pretty interesting and i'd be interested to well obviously she appears in a few other things but is she going to show up in that hawkeye tv series no i love linda carnalini i just wish she got for the most part she gets a lot of roles like this (laughs) so it's only downfall but yeah she's great for what she does i guess yeah uh, and then we get Carrie Condon. She comes in as Friday, the new voice in Tony Stark's head, uh, debuted in Iron Man number volume 353, uh, June 2002, created by Mike Grell and Michael Ryan. Um, you know, very different to Jarvis, you know? Scottish, right? Or something, no? Scottish, yes. Yeah. Scottish voicing, yeah. <laughs> That's how they sound, Kieran. Don't give me that look. <laughs> the, just The accents what? on this episode have been spot on. Bacon and schmuck and schmuckin' an egg. So, would you like a schmuckin' a panka? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Sean Connery does not represent Scottish people. He is unique. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I was doing a gold member impression. It's gold. <laughs> would you like a schmuckin' a pancake? <laughs> oh, the awesome powers. Uh, uh, rewatch. I, I, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, the other person I just want to mention, Julie Delpy, appears as Madame M. Uh, Madame B, sorry. The uh, I was about to be like, Madame M, that's wrong. Yeah, Madame B, the uh, trainer at uh, Black Widow's Red Room training facility. Is she in the, is she in the movie? I've she isn't well. credited currently, but, I mean, she could show up, you know, and that would be a nice tie-in, I guess. Um, you know, Julie Delpy is a reasonably big actor, I guess, for indie people so that would be a nice touch uh but uh, the the re- stuff about black widow kind of messed up very messed oh, up it's super messed up mm, that's super- the that's the thing every time they that one scene is like oh this is super fucked up they're probably not going to go any further with that because that all seems like it's well above the the, <laughs> the rating of the these movies but well yeah, that's why i'm then you I'm, think I have back, high hopes. i mean they're gonna they maybe are they gonna retouch that when they go back to black widow is Florence I Pugh going to have will. to go through the same thing? 
I assume maybe possibly. I mean, black that Black Widow movie is basically like a lot of these. It's like what was that one of Jennifer Lawrence a couple years ago? Red Sparrow, Red, Red Sparrow. Don't yeah. know. Didn't watch it. Anyway, that one. It's like that, and like I don't know. There was like Angelina Jolie spies, movie. Like yeah, it's like all these. It's like a nearly a trope, but there's only a handful of things that have done it. But it's always like super fucked up. But that one line. Uh, that, that there's that I couldn't help but think because obviously I don't know if anyone's aware, but Joss Whedon's been cancelled in the last couple of years. Um, and there's that one line in the the movie where she's like, "Oh," and then what? If, what if she says where she's like, "Oh, they get rid of the reproductive system, or like they, oh, yeah. I can't have a child, or whatever." More convenient. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like hearing that, I've watched this movie since the Joss Whedon cancelling, and he- he- <laughs> hearing that after. Uh, a lot of women came forward and was like, you know, like he pret- <laughs> he pretends to be a feminist, but then he also seems to write a lot a lot of stuff about women not being able to have babies and like firing people if they're pregnant on set and all this other sort of stuff. And I was like, oh, that's uh, <laughs> that's, that's oh, that's a bit awkward now to watch. But maybe he's just anti-life. I know. That's a whole subject. If you, I don't know, if you don't know the Joss Whedon stuff, I'm sure you can just Google Joss Whedon cancelled and there'll be a fucking blog post somewhere. Yep. So. Okay. Uh, Stanley sighting for this episode. Stanley appears as a World War II veteran who attends the Avengers Victory Party. Because that seems like a thing. Uh, he claims to afford it at Omaha Beach and it, and it proves he can handle a shot of Asgardian liquor from Thor, but then he gets carried away drunk, muttering his catchphrase, Excelsior. The thing that gets... Right, I was thinking about this today. So, are those people supposed to be, like, ex-friends of Captain America or something? And they were randomly invited to this Avengers party? Or... I don't know. Who How do you get an invitation to this Avengers party? Did Anthony Mackie be like, Hey, by the way, I need these people to... Listen, I need to get some friends on the list. For connections. (laughs) (laughs) I'm supposed to be holding a vets meeting tonight. Can they come to this instead so I can come to this as well? Yeah. Sure. I, I really enjoy that party scene, by the way. You know, that the, there's a, a it's nice... Good. It's good. Uh, shout out to John Cheadle as War Machine, whose story doesn't impact with uh, Tony <laughs> it's Stark li- and all that. It's literally just do Iron Man 2's party scene, but better and make it not shit this time. Yeah. <laughs> but then, and then also, I like the interaction between uh, Steve and Bruce after Bruce has his moment with uh, Natasha. Like, Steve's attempting to give advice about stuff. It's like, this is, you know what, this is nice. Good on you. Yeah. Everyone deserves to be happy or whatever. Uh, Yeah. Uh, And then, obviously, we get the ending of the film with, uh, that I guess was meant to set up New Avengers uh, with uh, Captain America, Black Widow, Falcon, Nearly says the line. Nearly says the line. Vision, Scarlet Witch, uh, setting up all these people working at Avengers headquarters in upstate New York, including Stellan Skarsgård and uh, who is it, Doctor Doctor Helen Cho, played by Claudia Kim. Yep. Neither of them Which, we ever see again. I was like, what do those people do at the Avengers place? Like, who's in charge of all this? Obviously, Fury is. Fury? But say, yeah. yeah, it's in Fury is, but what's going on here? Why is none of this ever really mentioned ever again? Like. Well, the, the next film they did was Infinity War, so. No, Civil oh, War. Oh, I guess Civil War. Civil War, <laughs> my guy. Which is. Yeah. Which, which Tony far. is, like, back there 
even though at the end of this movie he's like he left out of no i don't think he was living in there but you know he went well no he's there at the end of civil war yeah because civil war happened (laughs) yeah after this point it's like cap starting his own team tony's like just doing his own thing I mean, he was supposed to be retired till this movie, if you remember Iron Man 3, so... Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alright, let's talk about most marvellous moment. Dylan, what's your most marvellous moment of Avengers Age of Ultron? Oh, I don't know. Don't have one. <laughs> do, I no... do I <laughs> do, do I really? Um... No, I reckon I'll just, I reckon I'd go with the, what do you want to call it? Like when they're all fighting, I I, I really like the scene between. It narrows it down. No, fucking, I was mental by getting his name. What's Hawkeye's real name? Clint. <laughs> Clint, right. So when Clint and Wanda are in that little house and like they have the oh whole Oh my little... God, you steal my moment. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably one of my favorite, uh, just like conversational pieces, I guess. Because also up until this movie, um, I never read any Hawkeye, like, well, the first time watching this, I never read any Hawkeye comics. So all I knew was him from the movies, mm. and I never really liked him at all. And I guess one plus the one positive about this movie is it does a lot for Hawkeye. Like, he gets a lot of cool I mean, scenes in this. I mean, this is the first and... proper appearance of Hawkeye. Uh, yeah, I guess He was so. in well, Avengers no, no. and he was brainwashed Look, the half the time. He was holding an arrow in Thor, if you remember. He was like, he was ready. He to, was in the shadows. He, he didn't even see shadows. his face. Yeah. He was in the shadows. He was ready to fuck shit up. Uh, that could have been anybody, you know? No, it could have been. But we all know it was him. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll grab that. I'll steal that one. Because apparently I stole right. it. But... Kieran, what's your most marvelous? What's your second most marvelous moment? Second most marvelous. <laughs> <laughs> um, I should really enjoy the opening scene. Just in terms of, it's nice seeing the Avengers being the Avengers. Like, like just having that kind of, that knowledge of each other, that little bit of chemistry now that they're working together. The classic, you know, Thor using Captain America's shield to kind of vibrate and make, um, like, pressure pockets off to blow people away. Uh, those are really fun. It's really interesting using Hydra. Hydra, th- this movie and the next movie we watch, Hydra start getting used really oddly. Where it's like, oh, they're just a thing now, I guess. They're just kind of a name we use in situations. Um, that, But other than that, I I like Ultron's monologues as well. I really enjoy Ultron's kind of discussions and talking about his kind of existential uh, perspective on life is uh, interesting. Yeah. All right, I'm going to say it, my most marvelous moment. Hulk Buster armor versus the Hulk. It's ridiculous over the top, you know. Tony giving this witty remarks, uh, telling him to go to sleep, just smash him in the head constantly, and then the Hulk turns on him, <laughs> rips off go an to arm. Sleep. Go to sleep, go to sleep. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun, and obviously solution is to drop an entire tower on him. How much money did they... How much did that cost? Uh, why wouldn't the Accords drop then? Uh, so, yeah. Um, oh, also, shout out to Tony convincing, talking to Mark, uh, to... To Bruce, to convince him to, like, make another robot. Like, you want to do it again right after we just did this? We just made Ultron, you want to do the same thing again? This time, but better. Pretty amusing. They got it Uh, right, so, to be fair. Yeah, well, Thor did it, really, didn't he? 
Thor did it. I just like Thor rocking up and being like, "Fuck it, let's just Fuck like." It. I had a vision. I had a vision, and somehow that equates to me being like, "Yo, we should make this a good person and use this for a good." But hey, like, I had a vision. Mm-hmm. That's his name now. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> hmm. Uh, other thing I want to mention: How do we feel about Hulk flying away? In hindsight, it's a little bit weird. Like, why did he just decide not to come back? Or listen, why did he turn the monitor off? I feel like there's no there's no build-up for why the Hulk wants to do it. Like, there's no kind of... It's because of the whole he lost control of himself after Wanda tricked him. He felt so bad about losing but that control. But that wasn't the Hulk. That was Bruce. No, but that's... No, like, he, 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 he has that moment where the, the, the whatever Wanda did fades and he looks at the discussion. Like he, he's, he's so he, oh, okay. like after thinking he'd got everything under control, he's so scared of the idea of someone being able to do that again that he wants to leave, and that's no different mm-hmm. than the uh, an initial setup in the comics for why Hulk wanted to leave Earth anyway. It's like the same sort of. Mm, I don't think he wanted to leave Earth. Well, from memory, pretty maybe, sure he got maybe, sent away. <laughs> maybe it was a second run on. Can I say good on them for those Quinjets being prepared for space travel? Like, good on them. Very lucky. Lucky they prepared that. Alright, uh, this episode's comics recommendation is Ultron Unlimited from Avengers Volume 3, 19-22, written by Kurt Busiek, uh, penciled by Joel Perez. In this, uh, Ultron is back. He's kidnapped a bunch of the Avengers and is t- held up in a country. I can't remember what the country's called. It's a made-up one. Uh, and he's uh, murdered everybody. He kills everybody in that entire country. That's his thing. And then he's he's got his own nefarious evil plans and the Avengers have to come in with the UN armed forces and try and stop him. Uh, I I did pick this one because uh, apparently the obviously the Slovenia thing is kind of similar to what happens in here. Maybe not dropping a ton of planet on everybody, but there's like they're fighting multiple Ultrons and that kind of stuff. Uh, but it's very much more into the history of Ultron and his connections to the original creative Ultron, Hank Pym, um, and event, uh, Vision and Scarlet Witch and that kind of stuff. Uh, it's kind of wordy and kind of long. It, it is very long. Even though it's four issues, it felt like a thick read. Um, so, I mean, it's okay. The penciling is very good. Uh, there's some cool moments in there, but yeah, I, it, it's a bit of a tough read. Uh, Dylan, you only got like halfway through, right? Yeah, it's a lot of words. It's a lot of um, mumbo jumbo with like a lot of political jargon that seems highly unnecessary. But sure, go do what you got to do, I guess. Um, they're like, oh, you know, this country is this thing, and I'm like, this, this. I'm like, this seems like a lot for a <laughs> like a, a fucking Avengers comic, but sure. Um, and then, yeah, there was too many Ultrons. I, I, I stopped really caring, to be honest. That's why. It wasn't too <laughs> funny. Like, oh, you remember Ultron? I'm like, yeah, I know him. They're like, oh, well, like, here's his wife or something. It's like, oh, here's the wife of Ultron. I'm like, cool. You know, Ultron's back. He killed everyone. The wife of Ultron wants to kill him too or some shit. I was like, nah, not for me. Not for me. Don't, don't rate this one. Shouldn't be surprising if you're listening at this point. Too many fucking yeah. characters. Too much <laughs> bullshit. Uh, Kieran, did you get into this one? I did not get a chance to read this one, but That's it okay. sounds like it's probably a good thing I didn't. No. 
I will say the thing that popped me is uh, they've got this character. I think his name's Justice. He's a new character. He's his legs broken, so he can't go on the adventures with the team. But he gets back to base after one of the the army meetings. He goes to research. And he's like, he's like, I may not be able to help the fight with the Avengers, but I'm not going to go sit around playing Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> was that those? They, they, they referenced something I know. Yeah. They did. <laughs> it was not. I'm like. Because the art is very uh, old, I'm like, oh, when was this published again? 1998, so height of Pokemon, some would say. There's like those three characters off to the side a lot of times here, and I was like, who the fuck are these characters? Like, yeah, a lot of random. Yeah, I'm like, a lot of ran- a few random characters. Uh, Iron Man's got this weird shield. It's not the actual vibranium shield. It's like no. a holographic kind of thing. You know, odd. Black Panther Lots shows of- up. All right, well, that brings us to the end of this episode of All New Marvel Cast. Uh, let us know what you thought of Avengers Age of Ultron or of Ultron Unlimited by going to Twitter. You can find us all on Twitter by heading to explosionnetwork.com slash Twitter. On the next episode of our MCU Rewatch, we'll be discussing Ant-Man. So make sure you watch that and join us next time for another All New Marvel Cast. Okay.